Welcome to our second episode of the Vocations Chats podcast, sponsored by the Office of Vocation Promotion of the Diocese of Syracuse. Who's pumped for our second episode? Episode number two. So just as an FYI, since our first episode of Vocations Chats, where we had a stellar, stellar episode on the gift of celibacy, Father Solentano, in the meantime, has become my co-host for this show. Unreal. What? Unreal. Crazy. So welcome, Father Solentano, officially as the co-host for Vocation Chats. Again, sponsored by the Diocese of Syracuse Office of Vocation Promotion. And today we have the joy, the privilege, the honor of welcoming Father Nathan W. Brooks. Wow. Here he is. Wow. Thank you so much. It's great to be on. Dude, you're amazing. How long have you been ordained, sir? Um, a year and a little over half. Dude, dude, that's amazing. How's priesthood so far? Fantastic. I loved it. Wouldn't it be hilarious if you're like, it's sad. No. (laughs) It's been (laughs) awesome. (laughs) So, Father Brooks, tell us where you're coming from. Where are you currently assigned? Uh, I'm currently over in the Oneida region area. We're known as Spirit of Catholic, or Spirit of Hope Catholic Community. I got to get that right. And how many, how many parishes are in that thing? We have six active parishes. What? Um, Father Chris, can you believe that? Six (laughs) parishes. You trying to one-up everybody? Is that what you're doing? Three oratories. Let me throw those out there too. And how many cemeteries? Oh, I don't even know. Classic. Wow. <laughs> That's such a priest-like remark. How many cemeteries? I don't do even, yeah, a I don't, lot. Yeah, a I don't lot. even know. But dude, six parishes? Six. That's amazing. Is that like a huge adventure for you? Oh, it's been an amazing adventure so far. Um, been there for almost six months now, and uh, we've been moving through it and just trying to come up with a plan to get the communities together, and, and it's been uh, quite an amazing experience to be with them. That's amazing. What's it, what's it like for them? Brooks. I mean, if they went from having what? They all they had three priests. Okay. And now you are two. And uh, you know, and, and we have they all had their own masses and, and now we just have six a weekend and one daily mass at one location. And it's been a challenge, I think, for a lot of people, but they've been receptive towards it and, and we've tried to overcome some of those challenges and talk through. What's like one victory that you've had? Like one oh. like Our Lady of Victory. Yeah. Pray for us. Amen. I, I would, <laughs> I would say the one victory is how supportive people have been about our mass schedules, but um, even more so how we've come together really and started growing together. Like during Christmas, we were able to come together and do these Advent services and Lent. We're doing some more um, Lenten services each week um, in a central office that we were able to create. So it's been a huge victory. Wow. Sounds like several victories. Yeah, I had more than one. Sorry. Dude, classic. <laughs> Expected. Little known fact, uh, Father Brooks is from uh, what was my fat first pastorate yeah. out in C Square, uh, the former St. Michael Parish in Central Square. Um, comes from a long line of uh, Matskis. That's right. Who were very involved <laughs> in the church, so uh, he, he knows a thing or two. And I, and I believe his grandfather was the very was part of the first class of permanent deacons in the diocese. He was, yeah. Isn't yeah, that wild? Was. That was that the is. word. That's amazing. Absolutely. So, Father Brooks, you're coming up on year two of your ordination mm. to the sacred priesthood. And on today's episode, I want to focus on uh, a line that I came across in Pastoris Dabovobis. I said that very quickly so you can say that and, and be amazed. Uh, <laughs> but it's the document, I Will Give You Shepherds, by John Paul II, now St. John Paul II. And, and one of his opening lines is he focused on the, the human, the humanness of the priest. And, and this beautiful line he includes is that the personality of the priest is the bridge to Christ. Yeah. 
And that's such a beautiful thought. You know, the personality of the priest acts as the bridge to Christ. And so all of a sudden, you know, in seminary formation, they talk about human formation pillar and how mm. important it is to develop and cultivate the personality of the priest. So the reason I want to start with that, Father Brooks, because knowing you for a while, yeah. uh, you seem like a guy who is very comfortable in his own skin, right? Is fully yourself, fully human. Uh, when a guy's discerning, I think sometimes they can get into this place where they're like, oh, if I'm called to the priesthood, that means I have to be somebody I'm not. Mm. And then even the way they visualize what it means for them to be a priest, it's almost like they're uh, envisioning like a robot. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Does like, that make Gre sense, Father Chris? Gregorian yeah. chant is like following them everywhere they go. They're like floating <laughs> on the earth, hands yeah. folded, you know, candlelit, um, prayer services constantly. Not that any of that's a problem, but yeah, absolutely. I, I think when people hear it, and you know this, you see the reaction with like family and friends, pe maybe people who aren't as connected to church. Like, really, you're going to be a priest? What's 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 that going to be like? Like, you're going to have to change. Yeah, yeah. You have to be somebody different. Definitely experienced that in my time. And, and I would even narrow it down even a little bit more to, to worthiness sometimes. I think mm. that's, that's a challenge with a lot of young people who are discerning God's will in their life. And I know for myself, I struggled with that. Um, we often think that our desires are different than God's desires, right? I mean, that happens quite a bit. And it's not. I mean, a lot of times our desires align up with God. For me... Um, for those who know my vocation story, I know you guys know it. Um, you can go online uh, to our website and you can see the vocation story. But I struggled with that, that I had things I wanted and God became second. And what happened from that is I, I wasn't as happy, as filled with joy that I could be um, by putting God second and putting my own desires. In fact, it, it led me down a path where I was more worried about money, power, authority, and, and, and uh, where I thought would bring me happiness and which led me to working even more to try to, to gain that stuff. And um, it, it wasn't healthy. And, it and almost sounds like, so you're, you're like, just your, your, even your humanity was yeah. almost like enslaved to what, what you thought was what you needed to do or what people were telling yeah. you you needed to do. You know what it reminds me of, Father Chris? St. Thomas Aquinas' four substitutes Ooh. for God, right? Wow. The classic <laughs> substitutes wow. he has yeah. four. Brought out Aquinas. Right? Wealth, yeah. pleasure, power, honor. Yeah. Right? So it sounds like what Father Brooks is saying today is that like, he was in that place in his professional life. And so I want yeah. to say more about that. Like, as you're pursuing these different things, right, yeah. which is natural for us to pursue because we think these things will bring some kind of sense of satisfaction or completion or some kind of sense of happiness. Yeah. Like, as you started opening up to the priesthood, like, how did you work through that? It was, it was tough because you, you nailed it. Like, we, we don't make decisions to make us sad, right? We don't make decisions to be miserable. We try to make decisions to make us happy and... When, and joyful. And, and when I started to pursue that after I graduated from college, I thought that it would be money and power. And, and so, like I said, God became second. And for me, um, it started at, at Disney and then moving into um, Hampton Inn and then Target. And it was really Target where I had this, this transformation of heart. I was in, I was in West Virginia and um, I was leading a, a very large team and, and I was working towards those goals and thought I would be able to move forward um, in my career. And, and if I just did one more thing, I'd be happy. You know, it just nothing ever seemed to fill me like I thought it would. And I just needed to do one more thing. So I kept working and working. And it, it took me a while. It took me actually a moment in my life where I was sick. I, I actually had an illness, an episode when I was working where I became lightheaded and I couldn't um, walk straight anymore. And I, I, had, I was forced to go to the hospital. My peers came to me and sat me down and said, you need to go to the hospital right now because I was working nonstop. 
my stress level was high, um, my pressure on my job was high, and I said, I just need to be successful, and if I could do this one more thing, I'll be fine, and, and that led me into um, a bad place, and it was actually laying in the hospital, in, in, a, in a hospital bed, where they were putting up heart EKG systems on me and testing everything, and I was only 24 at the time, 25, 24 at the time, and that was hard. That was really hard, and the, and the doctor came in and said, I think you need to change your life. Mm. So I'm curious, too, so somebody hearing this might say, like, well, okay, he was working, and then all of a sudden everything got better, and he was a priest. Like, Mm. make the connection about, because there are people out there that might not be called a priesthood. Maybe they're called a married life. Maybe they're they're single. They're called to to live that out and and consecrate themselves. But they're in positions like that. Like, what advice would you give to them? And and I guess maybe more the question of identity. Mm. Before you're even a priest, if you could talk a little bit about about perhaps through that struggle, what you first came um, to realize? Yeah, I, I would say for me, um, I struggled with so many things that, that it was really putting God second and not and putting my own desires first. And it took me sometimes, so someone that's working and they're called to do that, great. God gives us gifts and talents to do those things and to carry forward for them. And I think that's beautiful. And we need to fulfill those. So someone who is called to work um, in, in a career, that's awesome. And God will give you those gifts, but God has to be at the forefront. Mm. And I think that's the difference is if I allowed God to be at the forefront of my mind, I would have seen it, but I don't look back at my experience um, from working as, as a thing that God didn't want me to do either, Amen. because there's so many skills that I, I gained from my careers and, and being able to do, but it doesn't mean that when I said yes to God, boom, everything was good. <laughs> I wish that was the case. Cause I, I can tell you all these, these scenarios, but, but God works through us in a very beautiful way to help transform us, to help us grow um, with him and grow to use our talents in a way that, that we're called to. And in this worthiness was something that after um, I said, you know what, God, I want to do what you want. And, and this priesthood thing sort of started really coming to the forefront. But then worthiness came in and I just kept saying, I'm not worthy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a bad guy. I've done bad things. And in some ways it's not true, but I felt I was unredeemable and mm. I needed to get over that. Um, and, and I can tell you a scenario if I can fast forward this, the, the story a little Please. bit. When I went into seminary, I remember I made the decision I had the conversations. I was, I was accepted, and I was so excited. I'm finally doing what God wants me to do. Everything should be perfect. There should be no problems whatsoever. I show up to seminary. I loved it. Experience was amazing. Day one, I remember going into the chapel. And remember, I come from the business world. I was in the corporate world and working. Devotions was not strong. It was not a thing that I, I, I did a lot. And so I'm, I'm in the chapel, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking around, and I see all these holy people around me. And all of a sudden, I felt incredibly unworthy. I felt incredibly unworthy, and I see, see people doing the sign of the cross. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could do it that way. And then <laughs> It's like, that's so perfect. Was, Look at it. It was great. It's so holy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so as, I, as I'm sitting there, I just started thinking, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm. I am not supposed to be here, and I need to leave right now. And, and as we finished up evening prayer, I remember going up to my room, and just my head is hanging low. Um, I'm not in a good place, and I'm just saying, I'm not. I, these guys are way holier than me, and I shouldn't be here. And I remember walking upstairs to my room and, and there in front of my door was this Bible with a card in it. And I, I opened it up and, and started reading the card in it. It was quoting a psalm and I wish I could remember the exact psalm number, but it was saying, allow this Bible to be a light for your path. And it had at the bottom, welcome to the Syracuse guys group or the Syracuse vocations group. Um, and that all of a sudden my heart fell at peace because I had this transformation saying, no, I am where I'm supposed to be. Mm. I am where I'm supposed to be and, and things don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect because God is going to work through us to help us 
to carry that grace to those who are around us, but to, to be the person we need to be. It sounds like, so it was there that you claimed your sonship in mm-hmm. Christ, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that God as father and like your identity in that was more important than anything you could do. And no yeah. matter how you had your hands folded, like, right? Like yeah, in a sense, yeah. like that was the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that uh, we can constantly return to in any vocation. Uh, but I know I constantly have to return to in my own priesthood, which is, yeah. hey, before you're a priest, you're a beloved son. Mm-hmm. And like you have a, a, a loving father who literally like is so pleased with you before you even do anything, yeah. before you say anything, before you even respond to your call. Like he's already pleased. He just delights in you. And it sounds like when you went into that chapel that day, Father Brooks, that you looked around and you saw all these people and you're like, man, I, I don't fit this mold. Yeah. And then when you held that Bible in your hand and saw that quote from the Psalms, uh, you were reminded of the fact that, like, no, you're already loved. And, yeah. and your response to say yes to this call yeah. is simply a response to the love that you've already experienced in your beloved sonship. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think it just reminds me of this quote from St. Augustine. Uh, he says, quote, unquote, love God, then do what you will. Mm. And I think it sounds like when you were able to just make God that priority, even in your professional life, you begin with loving God. Like he's the first thing. And then you do what you will. So you follow the desires of your heart. So I think, uh, and also reminds me of a quote from St. Ignatius of Loyola. He's like, oh, God's will for your life is the deepest desire of your heart. Yeah. So you want to talk, speak to that a little bit? Well, yeah. And and I wanted to say like, to go back to your original question, and and I think this leads into the quote you were just, you were stating so beautifully is that, God didn't call us to be robots. <laughs> God didn't have a, a single formula for each and every one of us, for all of us, and said, you have to follow into this mold and you'll be fine. No, God called us and created us in his image and likeness to be who he, who he wanted us to be, who we were meant to be. And that sometimes means we all have different gifts and talents. Mm-hmm. And when you go into seminary, when you go into your career, you don't all have to be the perfect organized person who has the perfect prayer life, who has the perfect everything. Life sometimes is messy. That's the original sin in our lives that sometimes we, we fail, but God is there to help pick us up. It's, it's allowing God to be in our lives to transform us. As soon as we leave God out and we try to do it on our own, that's when life starts to get messy. That's when life starts to get into this despair. And we're not doing what we're called to do. So when I went to seminary, and it was also a, a wall that I put up that I had to be someone different. Mm. Um, and, and that wasn't true. God called me, called me called to be the person I am. I'm a, I like to laugh. You guys know that. I love to laugh. Really? (laughs) There it is. (laughs) There it is. On cue. But no, I think, I think you bring up such a beautiful point. It's like, even when I went to seminary, I thought like, oh, like we're put into like this, this pan where like they're making cookies and we all have to fit the same mold. So it's like a cookie cutter kind of priest, you know, preparation for priesthood. So like all of a sudden it seems like what you're saying, Father Brooks, is that you didn't, you became more of who you are. Yeah. I mean, guys bring so many gifts and talents to, to priesthood and to seminary. Um, their academic studies, their ability to be with people and God's calling each and every supply chain logistics. Yeah. I mean, all of it, he's calling us to bring our gifts. Yeah. Like even the skill sets that you said you developed in, in business world, right. In in your professional life, does that mean that when you said yes to the call, and this is just for the listeners, that all of a sudden you don't use those skill sets anymore? Yep, I just got rid of them all. You, no, just, you just, push them away, you repress we, them. No, what happens? We need them. We need, we need them to grow. I mean, when I said that I felt that God was calling me to do those things that I did, I truly meant that. That God put me in this ability to lead a, a, a team of 60 people, 
um, and to, to learn how to, to problem manage problems and try to fix them and move forward, um, those were skills that I'm using in priesthood. Those were skills that aren't separated from what I need to do. But not everyone needs those skills. Mm. We need a few people who are good at that that can carry those forward. So the stuff that I learned um, in all of them, like Disney, I worked for Disney, and I, I really had this opportunity to do customer service and hone in on it. And that was such a beautiful experience because we need customer service in the priesthood and in and, and, and our faith. Like we need people who are going to be able to manage and, and, and walk through life and be able to meet people where they're at. And that's what customer service is about. Logistics is problem solving. We need problem solvers. But we also need people who are academics, who read a lot and have a lot of knowledge and, and are able to grow in that and be able to share that with people. We, we need all these gifts and talents. So, so basically what you said, uh, Father Brooks, is that God wants you individually to be holy. And that yeah. he brought you and called you into the priesthood, the body of Christ, into this specific vocation, that you could live that out and you could contribute to the building up of the body of Christ. Absolutely. And it sounds like, too, Father Brooks, that when you said yes to God's call, to your great surprise, God took your same gifts and talents that make you who you are and now, like, multiplies them and blesses them and makes them even more useful because now they're put at the service of the kingdom. So the yes. idea here is that, like, God makes you more of who you are yeah. when you say yes to your call as a priest. Absolutely. Amen, Amen to that. And that's the thing. Like, it's, it doesn't have to just be priesthood, I would say. And I would say whatever our calling is from God, if it's priesthood, religious life, consecrated life, marriage, um, allow God to transform us and allow God to be at the forefront of our mind so that we can be carried forward and we can build up that body of Christ because God needs all of us. Amen. Father Brooks, it's powerful words today. Thank you so much for joining us for our show today. And just for our listeners out there, especially those who are actively discerning, what would be your last piece of advice to those, just based on what you shared today? Someone who's in the midst of the sermon, maybe struggling with unworthiness, like what's your one line of advice for someone discerning out there today? My one piece of advice would be you are worthy and God loves you because you're a beloved child of God. Help us to build up the body of Christ. Amen. Father Amen. Chris, what do you think? All right, brother. You God brought bless the fire, you. man. You brought, brought the, the fire. fire. We're <laughs> praying for you, Father Brooks. Continue to do great things in your ministry out there in Oneida with six parishes and four oratories Ooh. and 27 cemeteries, <laughs> whatever. But thank you so much for sharing your priesthood with us today. To our listeners, please join us next month for our next episode of uh, this Vocations Chats podcast. Uh, and make be sure to, to like us, follow us. Uh, and you can Spread actually, the word. Spread the word, man. This is a legit, like super lit. Is that the right word? I think you stop right yeah, there. Yeah, okay, I'm going to stop right there. All right. This was thanks, an awesome everyone. experience, so thanks for letting me be here. Thanks, Father Brooks. God bless. Thanks, Father Chris. Thank you.